Chapter Three of Running Fox. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Running Fox by Elmer Gregor. Chapter Three A Thrilling Adventure. The sun was well above the mountains before the young Delawares descended to the river and resumed the perilous journey into the north. Running Fox told Spotted Deer about the strange medicine creatures that appeared in his dream, and Spotted Deer became quite excited. That was a wonderful thing to happen to a person, he declared impressively. You must do whatever those mysterious animals told you to do. I cannot help you. You must do those things alone. I have heard my father say that. It is true, agreed Running Fox. If you try to help me, it might do great harm. As lads were still well within the northern boundary of the vast Delaware hunting grounds, they had little fear of an immediate encounter with their foes. Still they were cautious, for they knew that such an experience was not impossible, as both Shawnees and Iroquois frequently invaded that territory to hunt and fish. The Shawnees were a powerful nation living farther to the westward, with whom the Delawares had fought many desperate battles. The day was about half spent when Running Fox suddenly dropped to his knees and called excitedly to Spotted Deer. The fresh trail of a bear crossed a narrow strip of gravelly beach and disappeared into the woods. The tracks were huge, and it was evident that the animal had only recently crossed the river. See, here's the track of Machke, said Running Fox, as he measured the footprints with his hand. He must be very big and very fierce. He cannot be far off. I will follow his trail and try to kill him. Spotted deer, you must wait until I come back. Perhaps it will take a long time to do this thing, but you must wait. It is the only thing to do. I would like to go with you, but I believe it would be bad, declared Spotted deer. You must do as it appeared in your dream. I will wait. A moment afterward, Running Fox followed the tracks into the forest. The lad had been well trained in the art of hunting by his father, and his sharp eyes had little difficulty in keeping the trail. It led him along the side of a rocky hillside, and then down into the bushy tangle of a dark spruce swamp. The footprints looked very fresh, and Running Fox moved forward as noiselessly as a lynx. He stopped after every few strides to look, and listen, and sniff. He had never killed a bear, but he had heard the hunters tell many stories about that crafty beast, and he knew that it was only by using the utmost caution that he could hope to get within bowshot. He crossed the swamp without coming in sight of his quarry, and followed the tracks over the top of another rocky hill. As he was climbing carefully toward the summit, he came upon an ant hill that had been dug open by the bear. The demoralized ants were still rushing frantically over the wreck of their lodge. On the other side of the hill, Running Fox lost the trail on a steep ledge of smooth gray rock. Circling carefully around the ledge, he finally picked up the tracks leading down into a narrow ravine that penetrated far back into the hills. As the sides of the gully were covered with blueberry bushes, the young Delaware understood why the bear had chosen that route. He saw many crushed and uprooted plants, which told him that the bear was feeding upon the berries. 
Running Fox hurried along the ravine in the hope of overtaking the bear at its feast. But although the trail seemed continually to grow fresher, the eager young hunter was unable to get within sight of his quarry. The ravine at last led up to a wide grassy plateau closed in on three sides by low hardwood ridges. It looked like an ideal feeding ground for elk and deer, and Running Fox saw several well-trod trails leading through it. Then he saw something more interesting. Far over in the opposite corner of the plateau he discovered some animal lying down. It was beyond bowshot, and Running Fox began to study how he might approach without being seen. When he had watched some moments, he decided that the distant object was either an elk or a deer. As it failed to move, he concluded that it was asleep. Then he suddenly thought of the bear tracks. They led directly out into the open plateau and toward the mysterious object in the farther corner. Running Fox was perplexed. He knew that what he saw was not the bear. Still, he realized that whatever it was, it had come there after the bear had passed. The idea did not satisfy him, however, for he told himself that unless the bear had gone by a long time before, the keen nose of an elk or deer would instantly have found the dreaded scent. In that event, neither of those wary creatures would be likely to sleep on the fresh trail of their enemy. Running Fox felt positive that the bear had but recently crossed the plateau, for the grass which had been trodden down was still springing upright, then the solution flashed into his mind. The animal he saw was dead. Having come to that decision, Running Fox began to look for the bear. He felt quite sure that it was somewhere near the carcass, unless it had discovered him and rushed away. Still, he rather doubted that, for the wind was in his favor, and besides he believed that a bear as large as the one he had followed would be in no great hurry to run off. He had often heard his father tell how a bear would loiter in the vicinity of such a bait for several days, feeding when hunger prompted, and sleeping in some nearby thicket between meals. Running Fox also realized that the bear might have been feeding as he approached, and upon catching sight or scent of him, had retreated into the woods to watch. In any event, he told himself that the first thing to do was to go and examine the bait. Running Fox made his way cautiously along the edge of the plateau, taking advantage of whatever cover offered itself, and advancing against the wind. When he finally came within bowshot of the bait, he saw that it was an elk. Then he sat down to watch and listen. After he had waited a long time, without seeing or hearing anything of the bear, he went forward to examine the elk. It was an old bull that apparently had died from old age. Running Fox was surprised to find that almost one whole side of the animal had already been eaten. He also saw that something had been tearing at the carcass but a short time previously. The grass was well trampled all about the bait, and Running Fox identified the tracks of many different animals. The freshest tracks, however, were the huge footprints of the bear, which he had followed from the river. Running Fox believed that the bear was feeding upon the carcass when it suddenly became aware of his approach, and retreated into the woods. He felt quite certain that it would return, and he determined to conceal himself and watch. The Delaware found much to interest him as he sat quietly in his hiding place, and waited for the bear to return. A flock of crows were the first to appear, 
They made a great racket as they circled about the elk, and the eyes of the young hunter flashed with anger. He knew from experience that those noisy birds gave warning to all the wild things of the woods, and he feared that their senseless commotion might arouse the suspicions of the bear. They soon flew away, however, and Running Fox felt much relieved. A short time afterward he saw something moving along the edge of the timber at the other end of the plateau. In a few moments he identified it as a deer. He took its appearance for proof that the bear was not at the moment anywhere near. Then, as he watched the wary creature browsing in the shadow of the woods, he heard soft, stealthy footfalls directly behind him. Fitting an arrow to his bow, Running Fox turned in time to find himself facing a large red fox. Before the surprised creature could bound to safety, the expert young Delaware sent his arrow through its heart. Recalling the advice of the medicine fox which had appeared in his dream, Running Fox crawled noiselessly through the brush and cut the ears from his victim. He saw that the fox was very old, as his teeth were worn almost to the gums. The discovery filled him with joy, for he felt sure that by carrying the ears of that wise old chief he would become as sharp and crafty himself. Then for a long time nothing more appeared, and Running Fox began to grow restless. The day was almost at an end, and he feared that Spotted Deer would become impatient. Still, he had no thought of leaving the plateau, and was determined to spend the night there if the bear failed to appear before dark. At sunset, however, he heard some large animal moving through the woods. It sounded too heavy for a deer and too noisy for an elk so that Running Fox believed that it must be the bear. His heart bounded at the thought. He had heard many stories about thrilling battles with those great beasts of the wilderness, and he hoped that he too might experience such an adventure. Then, as the sounds drew nearer, all else was forgotten as the eager lad hurriedly fitted an arrow to his bow and fixed his eyes on the edge of the woods. Running Fox was not kept long in suspense. In a few moments he saw the bushes swaying, and the next instant a bear walked into the open. It was not the huge creature which Running Fox had pictured in his mind, but his disappointment soon gave way to surprise as two half-grown cubs immediately followed their mother from the woods. All three animals soon walked within range, but the bewildered young hunter withheld his bow. He feared to kill the mother bear and her young, lest he should offend the great medicine bear which had appeared in his dream. Besides, he told himself that a warrior could scarcely boast of such a feat. He watched, therefore, while the old bear led her cubs to the carcass of the elk and began to feed. Some time later, when the mother bear raised her head and sniffed the air, Running Fox instantly became alert. As the old bear continued to watch the woods, the lad began to hope that the animal he had followed might be returning. However, the bear soon resumed feeding, and Runny Fox believed that he was again doomed to disappointment. At that very moment, however, a stick cracked over in the spot toward which the mother bear had been looking. She again raised her head and sniffed. Then she began to growl. Runny Fox watched anxiously. For some moments all was still but the bear continued to growl and sniff suspiciously. Then a great black object appeared at the edge of the woods. 
Running Fox knew at once that it was the bear he had trailed from the river, as it walked slowly into the open, and he saw how big it was he could scarcely believe his eyes. It seemed to be very fierce, for it approached the bait growling and snapping its jaws. As it drew near, Running Fox saw a round white spot, half as large as his hand, directly behind its shoulder. It immediately fired the imagination of the superstitious young Delaware. He believed that Katanidowit had placed that mark upon the bear to guide the Delaware arrow. Running Fox had been so absorbed in watching the approach of the giant that for the moment he had forgotten all about the mother bear and her cubs. Now he heard her growling and gnashing her teeth. He had expected to see her dash away at the first sight of the intruder, but she showed no such intention. Instead, she gave every evidence of disputing the right of ownership which the big bear apparently intended to assert. Running Fox looked upon her with admiration as she stood there snapping her jaws and growling defiance at the huge brute that threatened her. For a few moments the big bear stood watching her in surprise. He seemed puzzled by her unexpected show of resistance. Then it roused his fighting spirit, and he rushed forward roaring furiously. As the cubs dashed for the timber, squealing with terror, the mother bear prepared to meet the attack. She appeared scarcely more than half the size of the monster that had attacked her, and yet she seemed quite as fierce and eager to fight as he. When the big bear came within range, she rushed at him, and he reared and attempted to fall upon her. She was too quick, however, and as he crashed down, she rushed in and closed her jaws upon a hind leg. Wheeling with the agility of a panther, he snapped viciously at her neck. But she released her hold and jumped Tuck in time to save herself. When he rushed at her in blind fury and knocked her off her feet, turned upon her back, she clawed him like a wildcat. Snarling, biting, and tearing, the maddened beast fought with a fury that meant destruction to the vanquished. It soon became evident that the mother bear was doomed to defeat. The tremendous bulk and strength of her antagonist made him invincible. He was inflicting terrible punishment upon his courageous foe, and seemed only a matter of moments before he would have her completely at his mercy. However, it was at that stage of the encounter that Running Fox joined in the fray. Completely carried away by the fierceness of the fight, the lad jumped to his feet and shot his arrow at the big bear. In his excitement, however, he missed his aim, and the arrow stuck about a hand-width above the white patch behind the shoulder. The bear twisted about and snapped off the shaft close to its body. Then both bears caught sight of him and immediately ceased fighting. For a moment, as they stood glaring at him and snarling, it looked as if they intended to unite in attacking their common enemy. Then, as Running Fox drove a second arrow into the body of the giant, the latter rushed forward alone. At that instant the cubs began whimpering at the edge of the forest, and the mother bear, weak and suffering from a score of ugly wounds, ambled painfully off to join them. As the great bear came roaring down upon him, the young Delaware realized that he was fighting for his life, and the thought steadied him. Twice more he sent his arrows tearing into the great muscular body, but they seemed to have little effect. The infuriated bear stopped just long enough to snap at the feathered shafts, and then it made a final rush at its foe. 
However, during that momentary delay, Running Fox had fitted another arrow to his bow. He held it until the bear was only a few paces away, and then, as it rose unsteadily upon its hind legs, he uttered the shrill Delaware war cry and drove the arrow deep between its forelegs. The giant crashed to the ground, and the excited lad immediately rushed forward to strike it with his war club. At that moment, however, the bear suddenly recovered and struggled to its feet. The surprised young hunter almost collided with it. It struck savagely at him, but he jumped aside and shot an arrow into the fatal mark behind the shoulder. It finished the fight. The bear sank slowly to the ground and lay still. This time, however, Running Fox was more cautious, as he remained at a safe distance until the last signs of life had vanished. Then he ran eagerly forward and began to cut off the great curved claws. By the time Running Fox had finished his task, darkness had already fallen, and as he was a considerable distance from the river, he determined to remain where he was until daylight. Then he suddenly thought of the wounded mother bear. He feared that she was too badly hurt to travel far away, and he had already seen enough of her temper to make him cautious about risking an encounter in the dark. He left the plateau, therefore, and spent the night farther down the ravine. End of chapter 3